Well, good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. This is Dana Olivo once again, bringing you an exciting program here with Charged Up Studio Live. I am the host, and my company is Market Atomy LLC. And we've got an exciting program for you today. We're going to be talking about technology and um, cybersecurity. And these are all uh, topics that are on the top of mind for a lot of business owners, not just large ones, but, but your small business owners as well, because of the fact that it's so prevalent right now. We want to be, you know, we hear about all of these ransomware coming. I've had two companies talk to me in the last week and a half about being uh, held ransom. Luckily, one of the companies had a very strong backup, so they didn't, they, they got away without it, but the other one had to, uh, had to pay. You want to be able to protect yourself. So this week we have Brian Rabel. Brian is the Chief Revenue Officer and Co-Principal of JTD Group. In his capacity, he holds responsibility for sales and marketing. JTD Group has deep knowledge in automation, IP targeting, and geo-services. Geo-services has always fascinated me. For clients to get qualified leads from their ideal audience at the right time in the buying cycle, this is where geo-services comes in play. Each client's goals, deliverable and definition of success is different. Therefore, each solution is individually created, messaging, optimized, and constantly monitored for maximum impact. Brian, welcome. Hey, Dana. Nice to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You too. You too. Sorry, I had a little bit of a hard time uh, getting through that. Only because, like I said, I was a little unprepared. So. <laughs> oh, no worries. No worries. Okay. Okay. So um, do me a favor. So tell me a little bit more about what JTD does. What, you yeah. know, what do you do? Yeah. JTD Group is probably, um, I, I would describe us best as your top of the funnel people. Meaning we, we work with our clients to get them in front of their prospects at their, I don't want to say exact buying cycle time, but pretty darn close. They're in the middle of investigating a product or service. And by targeting them with our client services, we can then speed up the uh, close of a sale for our clients, thereby accelerating the funnel. And that's why we say we're your top of the funnel uh, people, because everybody knows that the, the real, real hard part is the lead. Developing that marketing qualified and sales qualified lead for the rest of the group to come in, be it analysts, be it functional technical folks, for the rest of the team to come in and then begin solutioning. Okay. So okay. we're your top of the funnel. Yeah. So when yes. you talk about top of the funnel, you know, there, there are different phases we know to the buying cycle as sure. far as it's concerned. And, and, you know, in the first phase is just becoming aware. And that's where our marketing efforts come in as far as just creating, getting that brand out there. And then once they started to make uh, or think that they need to get more information, that's where the research comes in. They'll check through, you know, your social media. They might check with comparison websites, things like that. That's where you come in is when they start re researching those sure. products. That's sure. where you come in. Am, am I correct in saying that? For sure. Yep. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So 
um, do me a favor and talk about, you, you talk about how you guys do um, cloud computing. What is cloud computing? Cloud computing really falls into, into three categories. Um, everyone has heard of as a service. So you have desktop, you have software, and you have a platform, desktop kind of falling into infrastructure as a service. And if you think about, if you think about cloud computing, it, it, it's really, the, the cloud is nothing more than the internet. And what you're doing is you're taking on-premise applications and infrastructure and then lifting it. In the, in the industry, they call it lift and shift, where you're, you're lifting your entire computing environment from an on-premise solution, whereby you have maintenance and you have updates and you have rack space and you've got all these other expenses and then lifting it up into the cloud and having it managed in the cloud by a service provider, an MSP, a managed service provider. And that works with your, your infrastructure is obviously your, your, your storage, your networking, your servers. And as you go into the platform, now you're dealing with the operating system, the database, the web servers. And finally, as a service, software as a service, you're dealing, really dealing with your, your Google applications, your Salesforce, your Dropboxes. So it's just a quick overview of the three as a service. Right, right. No, definitely. Because, you know, with me, because I work between three different um, computers, per se, and Absolutely. my phone, yep. you know, a lot of times I need to access files when I'm away from my computer and everything. So it works out ideal for me to have my contacts, everything there, as well as my files. Sure. So what you're saying is because I use maybe iCloud or, you know, or Google Dropbox. Drive, Google yeah. Drive or, yeah. you know, that's what we're talking about. And it's, it's primarily it's storage, right? It's storage in the cloud is what mm -hmm. it is. Now, mm -hmm. when we talk about that, we still also want to, for, for safety's sake, also want to keep our files stored in a second place, right? Possibly on an external drive inter Always. internally? Yes. Always back up. Okay. Um, we actually back our servers up into three places. Really, um, and, and and in a backup, you obviously want to have if you're in a if you're in a, a a data house, you want to make sure that that data house is outside of your geography, in the event that um, I don't know um, aliens land and take New York and the East Coast is completely shut down. We can simply back up our information and all of our data to the central uh, region of the United States. And how often do you back up? Every day. Every day. Okay. Every day. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. That's a lot of backing up. When I look at how many files I have and everything. Well, the, the whole company is, is in the cloud, as you can imagine. Yeah. And having um, our, our, our customer information, their data, their proposals, their statement of work, all of the finding or discovery, all of the qualification. If we lose that, we're really going to jeopardize our clients' relationships because you can't remember everything. Right, it's impossible. Right. These are very, very detailed and complex plans. And you lose that. You, you lose months and months and months of work. That's so what it's, it's just so much easier to back up. Right. That's what had happened to one of the companies that I had mentioned earlier that had you know, been attacked by ransomware. You know. And then the other company uh, had such great backups. They, did, they weren't even down 
you know, an hour, really, yeah. when you think yeah. about it. So um, that's that's our catalyst to not yeah. be an hour. <laughs> so what major technological changes have you seen um, come about within the cloud computing aspect? Yeah, the cloud computing has really revolutionized delivery um, so much in a way that on-premise uh, environments, they, they, there's really six categories that the um, that services fall into. And one of which the first is containers. Then obviously you have no servers to deal with. Microservices are very interesting. And I want to come back to that for a moment, as is DevOps and Internet of Things and artificial intelligence. All of that is not available in a non-cloud environment. So these things are huge. Take, for instance, microservices. I'd mentioned that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really like a, an ERP system with modules in the cloud that can be quickly developed. They're easily maintained, testable, and highly independently deployable. So those those microservices are huge to corporations because they can develop on the fly. They can really, really get moving and and and, and do so very, very quickly. Okay, so when you talk about um, modules, I mean, are you talking about development modules? Or are you talking about software? What are you talking about? Yes. When you talk about this? Yes. All of the above? Yes. Yes. For instance, like I have all of my Adobe software. It is now cloud-based. I don't have yep. it on my, my machine anymore. Or Microsoft, you know, yep. to the Microsoft products. Okay, so that's what you're talking so, about when you talk about modules. And, and think about um, think about the Ubers of the world. Those are considered microservices. The Amazon, um, Netflix, interestingly enough, is also considered a microservice. So you can develop those platforms very, very quickly, very, very scalable, and again, very reliable. So where do you see the market going? Do you see anything happening coming up in the near future that we need to be prepared for? I think DevOps... Artificial, what are DevOps first? Let's uh, talk about what DevOps it, It's really the, the combination of development and operations colliding. Okay, so, give me an example. So what you're doing is you're, you're developing these practices and tools on the fly. So it, 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 it enables the SDLC, your software development lifecycle. With DevOps, the operations and the development, as I said, they collide. And in doing so, it basically rewrites the rules of traditional software development and it enables deployment much, much faster. It may take six months to develop an application, a mobile app. With DevOps, it takes weeks. So DevOps are, is, is a platform that does this? No, it's more of a philosophy. It's more of a okay. more of a more of a development methodology. I'm still trying to understand when we talk about DevOps because uh-huh. I'm I'm thinking software is what I'm thinking. Program. Think think um, think Scrum. Think agile development. It's more along those frameworks, if you will. Okay. It's not a product per se. It's a methodology. Okay. Okay. Does All that clear right. it up? Does that help? It does a little bit. I mean, I'm developing a, um, a database. I've designed a database that's being programmed right now. It's built around uncovering gaps within an organization. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So by answering a series of questions that mm-hmm. are interdependent KPIs, this will allow me to find these gaps within the company. So we've got the development side of it. And ultimately, we will be building in an AI element to it. Okay, is this what you're talking about? Whereas we're, we're, we're creating systems, basically. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Exactly. Sounds good. Exactly. All right. That's, that's all exactly. I need to know. I don't need to know the details. I just need to know what you're talking about when you talk about DevOps. And that's I, what, uh, my what, audience, you know, we want to make sure that they understand what we're talking about because absolutely. that's what's going to get them engaged. Absolutely. So uh, explain to me a little bit about what IP targeting and geofencing is. Yeah. IP targeting is, is really nothing more than delivering um, banner ads to a device or, or, or marketing material to a device. And when you start talking about geoframing and geofencing, that's more of a delivery application. With geofencing, geofencing is, is still very viable. Uh, it's still used frequently. Um, in fact, Burger King had done a uh, Whopper something or other campaign where they were they were pushing the Whopper over, of course, the Big Mac. So what were they doing in real time, which is what geofencing is, they were popping a lid over McDonald's restaurants and saying, hey, come enjoy a flame broiled Whopper. That's real time. That's real time. Now, with geoframing, geoframing has the ability to rewind time by six months. So if I was to drop a lid on top of, I should be correct, drop a frame on a McDonald's restaurant, I could get all of the people that walked in and out of that restaurant for the last six months with a geoframe. Now, with a geofence, a geofence, remember, is real time. The fence will then be over top of that McDonald's and they will get real time. The um, patrons will get real time messages to come to Burger King. And how, <laughs> how do they know? Here we go. <laughs> Here we how go. This is where it gets fun. Yeah. How do they know? Is, is it strictly because it's geographic and what they've done is they've tapped into the cell phones and things like that in that nothing. area? You're okay. triangulating with the geo with the geofence. You are triangulating. You're triangulating. Okay. Yeah. You're hitting cell towers and getting an approximate location of where oh, that okay. device is located. Holy crap! <laughs> now with geoframing, these two tools work incredibly well together. Wow. Geoframing will use six months of data from that location to decide on what that person's patterns are. Because what you're doing is you're picking up their cell information and you can tell when they repeat business in there. Precisely. And very good, Danny. You had hit the nail on the head when you said their ID. It is not an IP address. Which I want to frame it. It was an IP. I didn't know what you would call it. So. Yep, it's the MAD. Okay. M-A-I-D, the marketing ID that is, of course, in, uh, um, unique to that cell phone. And with, Matt, with MADS, obviously that cell phone has to go home. So when that cell phone goes home, we then can begin to create 
a omni-channel where we now have the device identification, the MAD, as well as the physical address of the home, the IP address of the home, and all of the other devices connecting to that primary IP address of the home, which could be a surface, it could be a laptop, it could be anything that can interact with a banner. Okay, all of you listeners out there that are worried about the government spying on you, <laughs> now you know how they do it. <laughs> There's, um, oh I've heard this gosh. many, 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 many times. Brian, this is stinking cool technology. It is cool technology, but, but it's scary. As, as cool as it is, I'm kind of scared right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very true. It's very, very true. It is. And it's so widely available. I know that. Yeah, you know, it is. A lot of times when, you know, I hear this, all I can think about is, okay, where am I right now? <laughs> and how many people know that I, I hang out in my home or I go to the bar or I do this or I do that? It's really. What, what even becomes more scary is when you begin to marry that technology and that information, that data with what's called hard, hard data. In other words, let's say, and I'll give you an example in a few minutes. Um, let's say uh, you wanna identify potential investors. We can pull a list based on criteria. Um, the individual must make more than, the accredited investor must make more than $500,000 a year, have more than $5 million of assets, Right. and invest in uh, green technologies. They like solar, they like wind. Right. So those, then with the information that we can get from framing, fencing, as well as IP targeting, we can then combine those technologies and that information to begin to solicit money raising campaigns, uh, obviously series A, uh, seed monies. It's just so powerful. We've got Oh um, I've got several clients that are raising more than $200 million through these technologies. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I've known it's out there, but um, I've never really delved into it as much. Right now, I am getting ready to do a go-to-market strategy for my academy, and we're working out how we're going to do that. And we've talked a little bit about deep linking, and, and, but this is fascinating, but I would imagine it's, it costs a pretty penny, too to do it that way. No, no, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Oh, okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> we, we can touch that at a, at a later. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. We can touch so that when, a little later. So when you're working with your clients, what is the main problem you're solving? What is the solution you are providing? Again, is it just cybersecurity or is it? No, 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 no. no you we're, don't we're, have anything we're, to we're do certainly, with that. No, we're certainly not in the cybersecurity space. Pardon me. But you help them understand it. Oh, sure, sure. You know, Absolutely, it all sure. ties into cybersecurity. Yeah, it, it does. And and again, that is not where our expertise lies. Right. Our expertise lies in the martech space, the marketing technology space. Now, do we have folks on staff? Do we have a folk on staff who is a cybersecurity? Oh, stud. Yeah, and we rely on on Jonathan all the time to say, "Hey, where's the where's the vulnerabilities here? Where, where where's our weaknesses?" And he works with our clients as well 
in identifying those. In fact, we had one of our clients have the same thing happen about six weeks ago mm-hmm. where, where attackers took the company to its knees. Wow. wow. Fortunately, John was able to get in there with all of his contacts and get it fixed as well as prosecute the individuals that were doing what they were doing. Wow. I had heard a story about um, ransomware for, gosh, I can't remember what it was. Oh, never mind. I couldn't remember. I can't remember what the story was, but then the federal government got involved and they were able to go in and take, take back, I think 60% of the, the money that had been ransomed. So that was good. So um, let's talk a little bit. The science of identifying customer buying habits and decision-making triggers is complex. Yeah, yeah, very. And how do you manage the process of targeting specific target markets? Now, again, we're getting into the geo-mapping and the the geo-framing and geo-fencing again, aren't we? Or are we going... Give me, rephrase your question a little. I can answer okay. it a couple ways and I want to give one succinct answer. So what I'm trying to understand is, let's say I was to come to you and say, okay, I want to take a certain geographic area. Okay. Tracking. Okay. Yep. Not yep. just say a McDonald's or anything like that. I want to go into yep. a geographic area and I want to find those individuals who are, um, say, 200,000 household income annually. Dana, I am going to give you a great example. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you a great example. Okay. And, and yeah, you're right. It is very, very, uh, these, these programs are, are built very specifically for a specific pur- purpose and a specific client. Uh, in some cases, can we use certain pieces of one client and put it into another client's stack? Sometimes, not frequently. So as I said, these are really, really built from the ground up right, right. For, a, uh, for a client. So I, I think the, the, the best thing to do is work with a client from the desired result backwards. Right. So for example, I'm going to combine, I'm going to combine six, seven, and eight questions and throw that into a scenario okay, okay. that you're going to go, oh my gosh. Okay. So a roofer came to us and said, Brian, I want to sell more roofs. That's, that's a good goal for a roofer. Let's, let's yeah, peel this yeah. back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you working with these, client, these, these homeowners in a, um, uh, oh my gosh, mode where they've had storm damage? Or are you working with them in a, oh goodness, it's 15 years. It's time to replace my roof. He goes, yes. I said, which is more important? Storm damage. Why is that? Because we're in storm season, Brian. Duh. Okay, I get it. So let's look at this and let's let's peel this back. Storm damage, specifically tornado, hail, what is it? It goes hail. And I said, okay, what size hail? Um, golf ball and larger. Okay, cool. You see how we're starting to work back? Oh, yeah. We're starting to work back. Oh, yeah. So Texas is pretty ridden with with hailstorms, as is interestingly enough, Nebraska and the Dakotas get it big time from that cool air coming down from, from mm-hmm. Canada and that nice warm air from the, the plain states rising up just spins the environment up and it's perfect for tornadoes and perfect for, um, for hail. So we said, okay, so what we can do is we can employ a bot in the front end that will look at social media as well as compare that social media uh, buzz 
um, to NOAA data. On the social media side, we'll look at Facebook, we'll look at Instagram, and we'll look for words like dark clouds, rotation, um, uh, straight line winds, hail, uh, heavy rain, those types of, of, of chatter on social media. And then what we'll do is we'll pull in the NOAA data to see where the storm actually dropped hail. So once we can see where the storm has dropped hail, then we can begin our part and begin to geoframe those zip codes or those parts of mm -hmm. Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, kind of in a, in a, in a swath-ish, you know, that wild guess. But once we get the NOAA data, we can then look at Latin longs as well as cross sections on streets. So let's say this is um, Maple and this is 13th. We now know that this home at Maple and 13th had heavy hail, as did the rest of this street, because that's the swath where the storm had come through. Mm -hmm. So at this point, just before the storm approaches, we can send a message out. Hey, you are in a area that is storm probable. Please take cover. Then after the storm goes through, we can push out a message saying, we're glad that you weren't, uh, you weren't affected. Please enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Now, on the other side, hey, it is probable that you had had hail damage. What does it look like? They click on the banner ad. That click then goes back to the roofer's back end, and everything begins to spin up. They begin to get walking lists where they can actually walk down the streets and knock on the doors where the homes of the homes that were affected, or they can simply pull the data from the geo frame and get phone numbers, addresses. We could do mailings. We could do all of that stuff in an omni-channel fashion that we get to that client, that prospect um, very, very quickly, the, the homeowner that had their, their, their roofs damaged. So once they click on that, once they click on that banner, the whole process starts. Uh, wow. Adjusters, uh, uh, estimators, uh, your walking lists. So the roofer then said, that could work. How do we do that? Let's do a pilot. Let's do a pilot. My goodness, Texas had 612 hail instances last year. Let's look at Austin. Let's look at uh, Waco. And we'll do 200,000 impressions. We'll work on the banner ads. We'll get the walking lists together. And oh, by the way, this whole thing is about $10,000 as a pilot. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Now, when yeah. they're looking at five, six X on their investment, as far as an ROI, they get pretty happy. Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. Considering a roof in this area, and you had mentioned uh, the home. Yes, we target homes that are greater than $250,000 in value. Uh, the homeowner income in the house is greater than $100,000. They're between... 30 and 75, whatever that, whatever that demographic is. And we can really, really drill down and get exactly to whom we want. That's, that's, you know, this is fascinating. You know, I, I, when I work with my clients, what I do is, is the base of my work follows five different phases of growth. Okay. You've got mm -hmm. your see it phase, which is the napkin stage. Then you have the prove it phase, which is uh -huh. where you're confirming the viability. I like where you're going. Okay. Yeah. Then you have the build it stage, all right, which is where you're building your business model. You know it's, it's, it's proven viable. 
Then you have the fund it stage. And then you have the grow it stage. So I see where you could come in and first on the prove it stage, let's prove viability, whether this product or service is going to be wanted out in the market. All right. That may not be as in-depth as when you get into the grow it stage. Okay, now I'm ready to grow my company 10x, 12x, you know, stuff like that. Then you get into more detail because by the time you get to the grow it stage, you know who your avatar is. You know who it is that you want. So now it's a matter of, okay, how do I find them? How do I target them more precisely than just blasting out things? And you can do some of that through social media, but there's so much traffic, so much, so much going on in social media right now. So much chatter. So much right now that it's a hit or miss. So I can see where you're talking about getting into a more precise targeting. Now, once you have that precise targeting, what are the options as far as channels for reaching these people? Is it just mail or can you know, is it, is there ways of getting, say, email addresses, if you wanted to send emails, you know, all of this. So you're opening up the channels as well. Yep. Not just where they're located or anything like that. And I love what you said about you can target their cellular devices. Because I've seen that happen so many times with banners down at the bottom. And I was working with one of my clients who was a, um, CBD supplier, and he was reaching them, you know, this way. So, um, and it, it made huge changes in his business. Um, that's another story for another day. I can yeah. tell you something fascinating right, within right. the cannabis industry. Fascinating. Well, you know, that's, that's one of the things we need to talk about because I would love to get you on a webinar. Uh, you know, an informational webinar where we can get some targeted people, some of my listeners and things like that, who want to find out more about what you do and how you can help them. Okay. Sure. Okay. We're going to get back to the elephant in the sure. room. Yeah, the <laughs> I, elephant. Asked you, I asked you as far as cost, you know, with uh-huh. the amount of work that you do, you know, it, it strikes me as being so much work. But I would imagine you've got it systemized enough to where you can bring that cost down, right? So what are you um, looking at? I know that there's going to be different levels. Yeah, usually a, a pilot for, um, and, and our clients range, I would say, I don't know, on the low side, two, $3 million in annual rev um, to clients that literally they're in the billions, right, right. tens of billions. Right. And what we found with whether it is a small cap company or a large enterprise company, about $10,000 is a good number. It's a good number for my company to be profitable in a project. And it's a great number for a, a, a new client to kind of put their toes in the water. Right. Uh, right. At about, at about $10,000, we can do around 200,000-ish impressions Um, We can build the banner ads, we can build the artwork, we can build uh, walking lists if they're needed, we can get uh, data lists, we can get weather data, NOAA data, we can get uh, household data, we can get all of this, all of these components together. Mm -hmm. 
to make a really, really good pilot that is pointed towards success and very, very high ROI at that $10,000 number. Now it's very, very fascinating to me, especially now that I'm really starting to get into the go-to-market strategy with the academy and the, and the business yeah. health check and everything. Well, we and are- You had started to touch, I wanted to add one thing. You had started to touch your five steps. Yes, right. Um, right. Those five phases, we can really come in at any one of those phases. Really? Yeah. If, yeah. if they are just beginning, we can direct them. We can point them towards where their spend should go instead of uh -huh. spending and then going, oh, my gosh, that wasn't a good exactly. investment. Exactly. And then to the mature company that is in phase five, uh, where they're, they're really, really drilling down and they're really, really honing their, their marketing program, we can the help them with tools. It's now the growth stage. It's now the expansion 10x, 20x yep. growth that they're looking at. You yeah. know, um, the first four stages are primarily to get them, um, get the systems, the operational systems, the processes, everything in place. And yeah. then you know how much it's going to cost. Then you go into the funding stage. Let's find that funding. But at the same time, that funding is going to carry us into that 10x growth. That's what they need. So, um it's the end of this session. I know we could go on so much more. You know, like this I has said, been so enjoyable. I am going to get Ryan back here, even even if it's on another um, podcast here. I'm definitely going to get you into one of my webinars so that we can talk about it. You know, and I'd, I'd love to help. We can get you into the academy, kind of you know, helping them work out some kind of a structure for moving into this this type of so anyway, once again, this is Brian Rabel. Thank you so much. Uh, before we go, can you just kind of let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you if they want more information? Well, you can hit me at Brian, Brian with an I, at jtdgrp.com. JTD Group, G-R-P. Yep. And uh, we will circle back. Our, just like Dana, we have a process as well that starts with education. And Dana, we, there's, there's eight steps behind that. We yeah. do not move off of education until everybody has got a framework in their head. Everybody agrees. Now we can start solutioning. Well, you can tell by the questions that I asked you today. Okay. I'm all about, okay, I need to understand. And that's where my listeners are, you know. Um, Good. They, they're, they're not familiar with what you do, but they also know that they need help with their businesses. And that's yep. what we're trying to do is provide the resources that they can go in and check out on their own or get some education on so they can start planning strategically for their, for the growth of their business. So once again, for this sure. is Anna Olivo with chargedupstudio.live. And Market Academy LLC and marketatomy.academy. Uh, if you need to get a hold of me, you can reach me at info at marketatomy, M A R K E T A T O M Y.com. Once again, Charged Up Studio, I look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, talk to you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. 
You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.